Welcome to This is the Good Part, a podcast where we can have some girl time and talk about how to have confidence and influence as women of all ages in our lives, homes, and relationships. It's not always easy and we can feel unqualified, but Jesus just calls us to choose the good part, which is sitting at his feet and learning his ways. I'm Megan. And I'm Steph. And today we're talking about what it means to remain in him, trust him, abide in him from the book, Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World. Also joining us today is our special guest, Pastor Shelby Cox, (laughs) who is the location (laughs) pastor here at Life Church. Welcome to the show. Thank you. We're so excited that you're here with us today. And uh, we were kind of talking in the pre-show, like, you know what, last week with it being the first episode and, you know, not completely understanding the rhythm of the show just yet. Like we knew that we felt called to do the podcast, but we weren't sure like what the flow was and how it's going to go. We never introduced ourselves. Whoopsie. And uh, that's not because we assume like people just know everyone who possibly works at Life Church. Um, but we thought we would just take a second to say who we are and, and what we do so that you, the listener, uh, have a little bit better connection with us. Um, so like I said, I am Megan Malik, and here at Life Church, I uh, am the marketing and communications manager. And when I came on with Life Church on staff, uh, there was a time where I really just thought like that's all I was coming on to do, and like you know it was, it was like a job, right? Um, but you shortly realize, I think, when you're around good Jesus people, that no matter what you're doing, you're always doing ministry, and so um, that's where I'm at now, just marketing and ministry. Mm. That's a podcast, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a little. I have a little boy. He is almost two, um, and a wonderful husband named Kyle. So there you go. There's about me. All right, Steph, you go. Okay, hi. Um, I'm Steph Charney. Um, I work here at Life Church as well. I am a worship leader on Sunday mornings with my gal pal, Pastor Shelby. Uh, <laughs> um, I also am the young adults leader here. Uh, so we have a young adult ministry at Life Church, and I am leading that right now with my husband, which is a boatload of fun. Mm-hmm. We have three small boys. Um, my youngest is almost two as well. Actually, fun fact, Ooh. Megan and I were pregnant at the same time. Literally four weeks apart. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, you can't like hardly plan that if you wanted no to. No way. No. So we had that really cool experience. Yeah, it was yeah. great. We were just looking at pictures of it. So cute. Um, so I have that. And then obviously, uh, super cool husband. <laughs> He's he's great. I love all the guys, how they talk about Bo. They're always like, he's the funniest guy I know. He's so nice. Did you see his muscles? Yeah. Yeah. Like the dudes love Bo. (laughs) I love him too. That's great. (laughs) Okay, Pastor Shelby, tell us about yourself. Yeah, I, uh, my name is Shelby. (laughs) I have a husband too. (laughs) His name's Dallas. (laughs) Hi, Dallas. Yeah, he's not here right now. And three kids, and I, I work here too. Yeah, I mean, who knew? Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. We I will get to- have people on the show who don't work here, <laughs> but we're starting off with some with some heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no pressure. Um, yeah, I am the um, location pastor as well as the worship pastor, mm. um, as well as the creative executive lead and all that that entails that I don't even know half <laughs> of the things that that entails. Um, and I get to do a lot of other, you know, around the office things yeah. too. But. Yeah, and she gets to mentor like all of us ladies on yes. staff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's totally true. Yeah. Sometimes I like, I think of you as like a little walking calendar. Like, Shelby comes in, she's got like eight notebooks, a calendar, laptop, phone, prepared coffee mug, you know, sharpen pencil. down, yeah. Yeah, you gotta have a pencil. Sharpen pencil. Sharp. Pencil and a colored pen. Yeah. We we need more people like Shelby. Yeah, that's the truth. Especially when you work on like a creative staff. Mm, mm-hmm. And I think there are a lot of creatives here mm-hmm. where sometimes it can be more chaos than organized. So we appreciate mm-hmm. your, your organizedness. Well, thank yeah. you. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so that is a little bit about us, ladies. And uh, this podcast... We would also really like to incorporate, um, if you have questions or if you're listening to something, you're like, I disagree or whatever, um, email us. <laughs> they laugh, but you know, I don't know. It's not, you're not always going to agree with every single thing someone says, right? Um, email us and like, we'll answer your questions or talk about it. And if you don't want us to say your name, we won't say your name, but um, we want you to be just as much a part of the show as we are in your ears right now. So um, yeah, that's just to say, email us, text us. You can find our email on our website. So yeah, yeah, there's that. Um, Okay, so today we are talking about what it means to remain in him, trust him, abide in him. And in the book, uh, she refers to this as living room intimacy, which I think is a Weird way of saying it. It's very weird. Uh, yeah. Like, don't I, I, was like, then, I don't know. Shelby like probably turned a shade of red when he asked her to be on this podcast. We're like, wait, wait, wait. That's not what that means. I don't know what that means to you, but that's not what it means. This is getting worse. <laughs> so uh, essentially what it means is that we don't have to strive for God's favor. And we've been given the gift of being able to uh, just come to him honestly in our living room and have fellowship with him and have relationship in him with him without having to be, uh, she tells an illustration of a guy um, who went and lived on the top of a pole somewhere for years to prove that he was holy, that he could uh, make himself be so much less than uh, that maybe he was just even a little bit holy to be next to God, right? And we don't have to do that. Right. Uh, Jesus does not instruct us to live our life on the top of a pole uh, to reach some kind of level of holiness with him. We were given grace immediately. Mm-hmm. And um, so that is kind of kind of what we're going to talk about a little bit today. So I wanted to just start off by asking you guys, uh, what are some ways that you catch yourself striving for the favor of God? I feel like that is something... I definitely have caught myself maybe doing in the busier seasons where uh, you go into that autopilot and you're like a really do, 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 (laughs) get stuff done kind of a mode. And uh, suddenly working for the favor of God uh, just becomes one of those things that you just do. You know, uh, I have to do my devotions and I have to read my Bible um, instead of I get to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that kind of constant 
effort and striving can lead to a lot of burnout. So, yeah, I um, when I think about this, there's a couple things that come to mind that have been kind of circulating lately. So the first one, when I think about striving, so Shelby and I are um, on the platform a lot of Sundays. And so we prepare ourselves before a Sunday morning to pour out to God and pour out to the congregation. And sometimes when we don't receive a reaction that we're hoping for, mm-hmm. or um, we can't physically see God moving through the people that are in the congregation, we can, and Shelby, I might be speaking out of turn for you, but for me, I can feel like, um, like what, I didn't do enough for God to be moving wow. in this moment. Wow. Okay. So yeah, like, wow. where is my blockade that, that I'm bringing to the table that I'm, I'm not? What did I do wrong? Yeah. And so um, we have to be reminded often, Mm. again, at least me, that there isn't anything, if I'm preparing my heart, if I'm coming with the right um, frame of mind, if I'm coming and offering everything that I have at the feet of Jesus and ministering to God first, and then to the people second, um, I can rest and know that God is going to do the rest of the work. And um, I don't have to strive for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. It's the same, like if you're you're having that concern for someone's salvation, right? Like be mm-hmm. it a friend or a sibling or a, a child yeah. that you can't strive enough to give them salvation. Right. You can't strive for their salvation. They have to come to it. And and that's where we have to go, but that's God's work. Yes. That isn't ours. Mm-hmm. We can only control ourselves. Right. So that's a really, I wonder if people have thought about that from like the worship team before mm-hmm. that, Wow, they're they feel responsible in a weight for what's mm-hmm. happening in the room. Mm-hmm. Would you yeah, agree? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think that uh, in the world now, you have to strive to be uh, to achieve anything, mm. and so I think sometimes we forget that we don't have to earn that we don't have to strive to earn. God's love. We don't have to strive to earn, like we're not earning points to be closer to him. We're not, we're not fighting each other to see who's the best or who can do it the best or who can do the most or who can achieve, who can have the, the more achievements and the better achievements just to get closer to God. It doesn't work that way. The world works that way. God doesn't work that way. So yeah, I got nothing. No, I mean, that's that's <laughs> really good because um, that just reminded me of a post I saw on Instagram this week. I think I shared it on my story where uh, it was someone, it was kind of like a poetry thing. Anyway, she was saying, like, we used to be sold on this lie of, oh, I need to work really hard and get promoted in the company so that I can be the top or mm-hmm. um, I need to be a do-it-all kind of a mom who can be the stay-at-home, who can be the the great wife and the house cleaner. And I have to do literally everything mm-hmm. Yeah. until you kind of get to that place of realizing, no, first of all, that was kind of all a lie because mm-hmm. sometimes you do burn yourself out and those things don't happen. So then where does that leave you? Right. Mm-hmm. Without reward. Right. Yeah. And there's no reward. Exactly. That. There's no reward. We've, we've made a culture of... Uh, the American dream. If yeah. you work so hard, you can get whatever you want. Well, what happens when you don't get whatever you want? You feel depressed, upset, lonely? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? And you feel like a failure. Yeah. yeah. For literally no reason. Right, right. Yeah. So the American dream, 
buying a house. You get married. Mm-hmm. You buy the house with the white picket fence. You have kids. Yeah. I am 40 plus years old and we just bought a house. Yeah. Can I tell you for a long time, I felt like a failure. Wow. Because wow. I never owned a home. And wow. I got to this point this far up in my age and went like, I haven't arrived. Like I haven't done enough to be able wow. to wow. achieve the American dream or have the American dream. And now that I own a home, I'm like, uh, can I go back to renting? Can I? As yeah. much, <laughs> pipes. <laughs> what? Pipes got to get fixed. Yeah. We got to clean our own gutters. We got to snow blow our own driveway. We gotta, like, there's a lot of responsibility. Can we call that, a like, landlord? Right? There's almost like more yeah. dumped on you once you achieve those American dreams. Mm. There's like, yeah. You're like, this know. was a trap. Yeah. Yeah. This big trap. Yeah. 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 That's, that's really good. The the second thing that I wanted to talk about striving, um, something that's been a really hot topic for us ladies in the office lately. So, oh my gosh, we can't <laughs> stop talking about it. Office, office I, girls. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have a water fountain, but we no. do congregate yeah. in an office. <laughs> um, so striving for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Huh. Oh, girl. You guys, I feel like almost every day I have been having a conversation with another lady about like, I don't know if I have the gift of prophecy. I don't know if the wisdom that I have is from God. I don't, I can't speak in tongues. I haven't been given that gift yet. Mm. And so wow. I'm like trying to do all of these things to, to get there. I mean, like we, we even went as far as YouTubing someone. <laughs> yeah, speaking in tongues. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so wild. T- ladies, don't do it. Please don't, don't do it. It's it's as if your doctor tells you when you you know when your doctor says WebMD. don't go, don't go to WebMD to try and pres- <laughs> to try and come up with your own. This is yeah. Hilarious. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Like it's- Pastor Sean says, people are weird. The yeah. Holy Spirit is not weird. Hundred yes. percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. That. that is true. So we did that because yeah. I was like, there maybe there's something out on the internet that tells me how to yeah. receive this gift because yeah. I want to have it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I've just been striving for it, right? Mm. I've been like picking everyone's brains like, when did you get it? How mm. did you get it? How does it work? What do mm. I do? What do and you need to do? Yeah. yeah. There you mm-hmm. go. And then reading in 1 Corinthians, talking about it, it's it says you can desire those things from God, but there is no amount of striving that is going to get you there. Mm-hmm. The The Holy Spirit will gift you with these things when he sees that you are ready, wow. when it's his will. Mm-hmm. So just cool it. Right. Cool it. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Exactly. That's really good. I I had that experience too. I think it was like this past summer where I had a lot of those same questions. I was like, why does everybody have this? And I don't have these things and I want some of those things. And it was like this, like, holy jealousy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you're like, mm-hmm. I'm so envious of your holiness. I mm-hmm. want your, I want your holy, rub off your holy on me, right? <laughs> um, I don't know how that sounds. <laughs> that's how I felt. Yeah. yeah. And um, which isn't like a normal feeling for me. Not the, like I do sometimes have those like envious feelings of, again, what I came back to, the posts that I shared. We were told, you know, if you do this, then you get this. If you do this, then you get this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so you have that like expectation. And when it doesn't happen to you, you just feel like disappointment. And that can lead kind of to those envious, uh, jealousy type feelings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, God really pressed on my heart that, um, 
It's going to happen when I say that it's time, not yeah. when you say that it's time. And when yeah. the time is right for the right season, when it, need, when it, when it uh, is the most beneficial to be used for him, mm-hmm. yeah. if that makes any sense for right. that yeah. specific time. Yeah. Totally. Yes. That's really, really good. Well, we almost could just keep going on the gifts at yeah. this point, but <laughs> I think that that's a really great uh peace because there are a lot of people asking about spiritual gifts. And if you don't know your spiritual gifts, there is a test that you can take online. It's on our website, actually, uh, the lifechurchgreenbay.com website and figure out where you are gifted in and then start to like walk in those things and understand those things uh, a little bit more because that you not necessarily understanding where you're gifted in could be something that's holding you back from getting to the next level that you feel like you're like, I'm trying. I just don't know. What am I, what am I missing? Mm -hmm. Right. And obviously Mm -hmm. sitting in the presence of Jesus and resting in him. So the word rest. So we just talked about all that. Right. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus says rest. Mm -hmm. And we're like, I don't have time. How, Mm -hmm. how, how Mm -hmm. do you tell me how I can rest? We were just talking before this. If you have a little kid, you probably don't go to bed until 11 p.m. like us because there's no time. (laughs) You have so much to do Mm -hmm. when they go down, right? Um, Because you were with them all day and you're like, my toddler started dragging me around. He grabs onto my pants and drags me now. (laughs) Like, bud, (laughs) to go feed imaginary animals in the closet. Anyway, (laughs) that's my toddler. That's awesome. Um, So when Jesus says rest, I'm just like, okay, is that relief? For me, or is that lazy? Mm. Is rest me uh, being a bad steward, or is rest really supposed to like fill me up? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, would you mind reading John fifteen five because yeah. your version was fantastic? So this mm-hmm. is kind of the scripture fifteen five. Yes, says. Uh, oh well, I had read it early, earlier. I had read it from just fifteen one. Okay, do you do want me to start from yeah, one? Okay, uh, okay. <laughs> I am the true grapevine. Hold on. <laughs> I did this the last time too. For some reason, I cannot say that word. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do produce fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Do you want me to go on to five? Sure. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, verse eight says, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So literally it's the the time spent resting in, abiding in Jesus will be, the, the product will be the fruit. So rest equals fruit. Mm-hmm. Mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're talking about the American dream. Right. How do you rest when you're, Mm-hmm. trying to achieve that. Mm-hmm. How, yeah. Oof, yeah. Mm. Yeah. When I'm a girl boss. Oh. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a Let's minute. Let's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it can go there real fast, right? Mm-hmm. Of I have to do everything by myself on my own 
because that's the only way anything ever gets done. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not abiding. Right. right. So, yeah, the this scripture, uh, it takes us to a whole new place. Yeah, but Megan, when I'm striving and when I'm hustling, yeah. I'm bearing fruit. So why is my fruit not as good as your holy fruit that mm-hmm. you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Wow. You want me to answer that? Yeah. Uh, because that is fruit that will wither and die. Mm. And spiritual fruit is everlasting fruit. Mm-hmm. And that is definitely what Jesus is talking about when he says, store up your treasures in heaven, my friends, because this too, it will pass away. This is nothing. This is a vapor. This is a mist. Mm-hmm. Everything before you and around you. But so where are you putting your treasure? Where is your energy going? Yeah. Resting in him, you're not wasting any time. You're not being lazy. And if you have to if you have to get to that place just to have some like relief, some mm-hmm. a release of the pressure in your mind, if you have to go into that room and have your quiet time with Jesus, then let's start there. Yeah. But just know that you're doing a whole lot more mm-hmm. than just getting kind of like a a piece over your day, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's so much more that's going to come out of that. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, and I think um, it's important that we— set a kind of wide definition of what rest is mm. too. Because yeah. I feel like sometimes we can get caught up in the rest is like going for a massage or getting a pedicure or going shopping. My like favorite kinds that's, of rest. That's yeah. my rest. <laughs> and, uh, but I mean, maybe that is yeah. to some people, sure. but maybe resting is laying next to your kiddo and reading them a book. Maybe that's yeah. the rest that you need. Mm. Yeah. You know, or maybe your rest, and this this might be a little counterintuitive, counterintuitive, especially with the Martha and Mary story that we're talking about. But like for me, sometimes rest is like cleaning. Yeah, like <laughs> sometimes I <laughs> sometimes I can like put on a good podcast or put on sure. some worship music and like just like be focused on nothing else but God in those mm-hmm. moments because my body can just be like. But I can feel really filled up after that. Yeah. But sometimes rest might be laying on the couch, just laying. Mm -hmm. But I I really want to make sure that ladies don't get so consumed that your rest might look different than my rest, but that doesn't make yours or mine better. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 100%. And uh, as you were talking, I thought about how Pastor Sonny will say, this is what stirs my affection for Jesus and this is what robs. So if cleaning is something that robs you, in the case of Martha, she's being just robbed dry. Mm She is like bitter and upset that she has to be a hospitality hostess, you know, extraordinaire over here when she's like, are you serious? Like I'm being so robbed right now and you get to go do that? Are you joking me? Mm -hmm. So, So yeah, be conscious of what robs and what stirs you. Don't do the things that rob you and call that rest even if somebody else calls that rest. Like if, cleaning robs you, then then don't do that. Right. Um, but yeah, if, if you know, whatever that fills you up, then that's something that, yeah, God is calling you into. And no matter what you do, do it for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I struggled with that concept for a while because I was like, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. How do I drive my car for Jesus? You know, <laughs> but, but really it just is, are you fixing and posturing your heart to be in a position of, this sounds very, churchy, I don't even know, but in a position of worship at all times to God, no matter what you're doing, are you in essence 
bringing glory to the name of God. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Hmm. That's good. So that kind of sums up uh, the living room intimacy as she's talking about it. And Steph, you also shared something just before the show about how one day you came home into your living room after church. Mm-hmm. So this was really early on in my Jesus journey, and I hadn't gotten all of the pieces to my puzzle aligned yet. Um, I, I had just, like I said, just recently become a Jesus person, and I went to church, I came home, and I, I sat on my couch. I remember it very vividly because it's a couch that I really don't like, <laughs> but I... <laughs> I sat down and I just cried for like three hours because I just couldn't wrap my mind around how God would be so gracious as to accept me into his kingdom. Mm. I couldn't understand that all of the things that I had done and the things that I was still trying to figure out, how is his grace big enough to cover those things? Yeah. And what does he want with me? Mm. Right. Have you seen me? Did you, you know, all of the things that, Mm. that I've done, how is that even possible? Mm. And so I was just wrecked for like hours. Yeah. And it took me a long time, even walking into my Jesus journey to, to figure out that God's forgiven me for the things that I've done and he's corrected my path. Yeah. And I've surrendered the things to him and he has made them clean. Yeah. This is something that the world um, can twist really easily because they assume if someone does not believe in Jesus, they assume that God is all judgment, no no love. Mm-hmm. And they have a really hard time understanding this concept that literally it is a, it is a gift. Yeah. And God desires that closeness, not to condemn you, not to show you all your mistakes or your past or throw it in your face, but... He just wants you to come into a relationship with him. And then he like, he looks at all this stuff. He's like, don't worry about it. Yeah. It's gone. It's done. But sometimes we put the sin before our eyes and in the middle of us and God, right? And mm-hmm. we just like hold it there. Like he's going to judge me for this and, mm-hmm. and hate me for this, yeah. essentially. Yeah. We look at God sometimes with our own human perspective of like, well, it's really difficult for me to forgive you for the things that you've done to me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we put that filter on God and that that can jade your whole experience of your your God relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. Uh, this week I was thinking around the concept of God knows how to find us. Hmm, God knows how to find me. Well, I mean, there's like billions of people on the planet, but God loves you enough and he sees you well enough <laughs> to know exactly where you are, mm-hmm. what you need, how to use you, how to point you in a direction, right? God knows how to find you. And that kind of hit me this week of why am I trying so hard? Yeah. You know, if I'm being obedient to what God's telling me to do, mm-hmm. if I'm doing the things that I know I need to do, right? I'm praying, I'm, I'm reading my Bible, I'm digging into scripture, I'm trying to be a better wife and a better mom and all these things, better friend. Uh, God, God knows where to find you. So don't stress about it <laughs> overly, right? Mm-hmm. That's always like, don't think about a white elephant. Um, <laughs> but guys, when was a time that you felt like God found you, God used you, God saw you, and you didn't have to like try to get there? 
So I think about this weekend and um, how I, on Saturday, I had literally all the cards stacked against me. I had um, my oldest woke up with pink eye. My middle one fell off a Peloton and sliced his foot open. Um, my my little, little one had an ear infection and pink eye earlier in the week. And then I woke up and could barely speak on Saturday. And I was like, okay, God, um, what's happening here? What do you, are you, because I had to lead worship on Sunday. So I'm thinking, God, do you not want me to lead worship? Am I not supposed to be doing that? I, like, I, I don't want to be disobedient to you. So like, am I not ready for something? Like, what What are you trying to tell me? And so um, I had a couple conversations with uh, Pastor Shelby on Saturday and I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know what to do. Can you just tell me what to do? Because I don't know what to do. And um, through our conversations, I realized like, I just need to stick it out and God's going to figure it out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to decide tomorrow if if I can't be on the platform, if I wake up and can't speak, then that's that's it. And so then I woke up on Sunday morning and oh, sure enough, I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, I can sing. So I, <laughs> I literally did that at 4 a.m. I was like, <laughs> okay, got it. Um, <laughs> texted Shelby, I was like, okay, I got it, I got it. This is going to work. And then I got there on Sunday and I had like the coolest encounter with God on Sunday that I've had in my worship leading experience. And I feel like he was just like, like he collided with me mm. on Sunday. And if I had let all of those voices in my head and all of those thoughts that I was um, stirring together take over and would have listened to that instead of just waiting for God to come and meet me in that moment, wow. um, you know, Sunday would have turned out differently and I could have missed that encounter altogether. Wow. You bring up a really good point how um, we can let those voices in our head be the thing that derails us. Mm-hmm. Do you run into that? Oh, Shall yeah. We? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Talk about it. <laughs> Girl talk time. I mean, anytime I open my mouth and talk. So what's your process for discerning whether it's your voice or the enemy's voice or God's voice? Yeah. Uh, well, I always, I always have to bring it back to God doesn't bring confusion. Mm-hmm. So can I assess and, and am I, is there anything that is bringing confusion in that, in, in that thought process of what I'm talking about or when I'm thinking in that moment if there's confusion then it's probably not from God Mm. um and I always have to just check myself and pray ahead of time going like okay God I don't want to give any misinformation I don't want to I don't want to lead anybody astray or tell anybody anything that's wrong so I surrender those parts of me to allow you to come and do and say what you need to say through me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I answered your question or not. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. definitely. <laughs> um, and that is sort of a tie to the the other thing that I wanted to talk about, which was what are our motives? Um, and how are we kind of checking our heart process through all of this? Because like you said, that's a lot. And there's a lot going on. And sometimes it can feel uh, just really noisy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and cutting the silence, there's, there's, or sorry, cutting the noise, there's a good way to do that and get to the silence, which is check your motives, check your heart, come back, like rein it all in, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? From where it's starting. Yeah. Because a lot of this is coming out of your brain into your ears, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's saying things like, nope, can't do that, shouldn't do this. Even Pastor Shelby, you, you said sharing on social media isn't something you particularly like to do mm-hmm. because of, I don't know, like what your words could say or mean to someone, right? Right. right. And not wanting to lead them astray. Right. And that's a thing of the heart. And, but too, if that is where your line is, like, no, I don't even want to be so um, bold, I guess, Mm -hmm. as to like just project opinion or be scared that I'm going to project opinion. This is where God has me. Then that's where God has you. Right. right? So be like, nope, I'm not going to do that. And um, checking your motives looks a lot of different ways, but I think one way is to ask yourself the question, who am I doing this for? And why am I doing this? And you'll usually get to the root of what is the main mission here? Is this bringing me into a better place of relationship with Jesus? Is this for Jesus? Um, Is this for someone to help embolden them, give them encouragement? Uh, Or am I doing this thing literally for me or to impress someone and not that that's always like terrible right we're just saying we need to rest and all this stuff and that's Mm -hmm. fine Mm -hmm. um or even out of habit yeah right out of habit Hmm. do I go to church just because it's the habit and right um I have to Mm -hmm. yeah that's an interesting concept of habit she brings that up in the book actually about um routine versus a ritual, I think is how she put it. Yeah, routine versus ritual. So are you being consistent? Are you creative? Are you having conversation? Mm -hmm. All of those things in your time with God. Or is it just like, I need to sit down, plop open my Bible, read one verse, check, done. Mm -hmm. So which one is it? And if if you are doing that, then maybe it's time to check your motives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it's just to check the box and to say, I did it, and to say, I read my Bible because I read one verse, which honestly, if that's all you can read in one day, I'm not saying that's bad. That's totally. There are days. I mean, like sometimes you get like two words in and you're like, I need to look that up. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Um, But if you're just doing it just to say you've done it and you've checked the box, then you need to check where your heart is at and check Mm -hmm. what what are you trying to accomplish in that moment. Right. Yeah. I think at that point it starts to become the striving thing where you now have put all of these good habits. They're they're good things to be habits, Mm -hmm. but you're now putting them in a way that it, it is uh, more about your accomplishments and, and um, versus um, growth. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm just doing them, not just to check the box, but I'm just doing them now because they are, hold on, let me wrap my hand, my head around the, the right word. Um, what is the right word? Works. It's the works. Mm. You're trying to build up your, your deeds. Right. Yep. 
to do all of the things to get that extra golden badge from God. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. That doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. I think about um, checking the motives of your heart. And I'm, I'm wondering, as you're like elevated in the church world, and um, how does that look for you? What do you do to check the motives of your heart to make sure that you're um, staying humble, to make sure that your heart is still aligned with the vision that God has for your life? How do you practically do that? Mm, you have to be super intentional. Because it's really easy to get caught up in the everyday task of, of, of thinking of it as a job versus it is ministry and it's God's work that I'm doing. Um, and so it, when you are elevated in the church, you, you can feel the weight of that. Now it's even more important that not only am I in God's word for my own personal spiritual growth, but now because I really don't want to lead anybody astray, I need to make sure that what I am talking about is is in this book, in God's word, um, and that I'm understanding everything um, about the culture and the time and the context of where everything was because it's so easy for you to put your personal opinion in into yeah. even God's word and mm-hmm. to get something out of it that was never meant to come out of it, you know, yeah. and to kind of skew what God's word is really trying to tell you. So it's it takes a lot of intentionality to to wake up and really think through and process every everything that you're going to have your hand in and remember that like, it's not for my benefit. It's for God. It's for moving the ball down the field for God. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. And I think about that even as we're elevated in our household, Mm -hmm. like as we're elevated to be a wife and as a mother and even as a sister or right. That we have to be intentional with what our heart's motives are. Yeah. And we have to make sure that we're consuming the word in a way that isn't full of our own opinion. That when we're reading it, that we're we're reading it for what the word actually says. Mm-hmm. And not twisting it too much to make it apply to mm-hmm. whatever situation Us. we need it to apply to mm-hmm. at that time. Right, right. I like that you brought it into, uh, you brought up like, becoming a mom mm-hmm. because I can relate that to the church and being elevated in the church as well. Because when you become a mom, your instinct is to protect your mm-hmm. child mm. and to make sure that you are uh, aware of everything to keep mm-hmm. them out of harm and to teach them the way. And it's like that with the church. If the church were the child, you do everything you can to protect. These are not just, this is not just my life on the line anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with that level of responsibility, I think comes a certain level. You have to be teachable and you have to be humble and you're going to make mistakes because we're all human right? and we're all going to fail mm-hmm. at some point and you may say something wrong, but you have to be teachable enough to uh, repent right. and say, that was wrong. I'm sorry. Right. Because that's going to, that's going to keep your motives clear, especially like you have to speak that. And maybe you're holding something where like, you know that you need to repent about it and you need to be teachable about it, but you're not. Um, That will only lead to further confusion, not only for you, but for them. Mm -hmm. And when you repent, it clears the air. It's just like the, you know, the fog lifts, poof. Um, And and that will help you 
too, as you were talking, I could see that really clearly, but I think that, um, the analogy of being a mom with a child and having to be the responsible one Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and responsibility is something, okay, if we're going to keep talking about culture, you know, responsibility is something that I think we do shy away from in this culture. Yeah. I don't want to be responsible for that. I mean, I mean, honestly, how many times have I said, I'm waiting for the parent to come in the room? Cause I, there's no way I am the oldest (laughs) one in here. Um, (laughs) I can't make all these decisions. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So that's something that we need to wrestle with Mm -hmm. a little bit. And, um, again, the closer pastor Barry says you are in, when you're in lockstep, are we in lockstep? Are we stepping together with Jesus? Wherever he moves, you move. Mm-hmm. As he goes forward, you go forward. He says, nope, stop. You need to take a break and say, you're sorry. You stop, you take a break because you are abiding in him. Yeah. The branch can't go walking off on its own right. because it's connected to the vine, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in, the, in the branch, if, if you do not remain in Jesus, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the story of Esther because I felt like Esther was someone who God saw Mm -hmm. and found I think she's a really great example of the, when is the time God found you and you didn't have to strive or try? She was just some girl, okay, orphaned. um, And God saw her, found her, elevated her for such a time as this. Mm -hmm. And man, ladies, if you are not chosen for such a time as this, wherever you are, whoever you are, however old you are, you were chosen for something right now. God yeah. needs you literally right now. The special gifts that you have right now. Yeah. What you're going to do, what you're going to say, it matters. Yeah. Uh, even though I know sometimes it feels like it doesn't. And maybe it felt like it didn't for for Esther, who uh, all of her people are going to be killed. And God, really, why am I here for this? Mm-hmm. Did I really need to get here just to see that? To see all of my people be killed? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't her attitude. Instead, uh she does through obedience what she's supposed to do, which leads to really good fruit. Did you guys have um, any takeaways you wanted to share about that as well? That's good. So good. We almost called this podcast So Good. So good. Because we do say that a lot. So good. That's so good. Um, but read the story of Esther, think about it, process that, uh, maybe this week, maybe you need to answer the question, when is the time that God found me? Mm. Because it made me wish, uh, as I thought about that question, made me wish that I had taken like better notes Mm. (laughs) about my life, just journaled better Mm. where I could go back and have read about a time where I was like, wow, God, you really did this today. I was like, why don't I have that? Or I can't find it right now. Or I know it's in my notes or my app or my... Instagram, like, I don't know. Uh, But I think we do need to be a little bit more conscious of the times that God has used us, has found us, because I can tell you, we go around the circle after every Sunday and we say wins. And there's always a time someone was used Mm -hmm. and God found you and you didn't try, you're just standing there in the lobby, but someone's story intertwines with someone else's story and Uh, you literally see the good fruit that happens out of that, right? Um, Where no one is striving or trying, but 
God's no, just but taking you, you. But you're surrendering. There you go. Pastor Shelby. Yeah. yeah. What does surrendering look like to you? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How do you surrender? Because I'm a practical person. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. I'm like, cool, surrender. Here you go. But I don't know. How do I do that? I don't know. I need more time to think about that. <laughs> I need some examples. Um, I need three examples. Three how, choices. Do you, how do you surrender like the future of your of your kids? Well, I I think I think in order to get there, I first have to surrender fear mm. because I mean, obviously, fear doesn't come from God, but fear can overwhelm you and and take control and make you take control. And then at that point you're so gripped on, you can't surrender them. But I, I have to, uh, everything is with the mind, right? I I have to always remind myself that they were first his and that he has gifted them to me and trusted them to me because I am the right person for them Mm. and they're the right people for me. Yeah. So I don't know if that's I love that. I love that too. I, um, earlier this year, I had a really big uh, medical decision that I had to make, whether I was going to have this surgery that was going to change my life and what I was expecting my life to look like forever, um, or if I wasn't. And um, during that time, I had actually come to Pastor Shelby, uh, like, I don't know, almost on a daily basis in tears because I couldn't decide on my own if the, like which way I should go with this decision. I couldn't decide if me having the surgery was me going against what God wanted, Mm. if I was cutting him short because I wasn't allowing him to work a miracle in my body or if having the surgery was the miracle. I I couldn't discern it. I couldn't surrender that to God. And I had Shelby every day in my ear praying with me. And I think like that's the ticket mm-hmm. to surrender mm-hmm. is being surrounded by people who you can confess what it is that you're dealing with mm-hmm. and you can have them surround you and and pray with you and be that support with you and, and go to people who are wiser than you, who have more life experience than you, yeah. who can speak into your life and speak it from a point of truth, not from their opinion. Yeah. I know Shelby spoke so many promises of God over my life during that time. Mm. And it really allowed me to make the decision that was necessary and see that there, there was a miracle in that, even though it didn't look like what I wanted it to look like, Mm -hmm. even though I couldn't strive anymore to make it be what I wanted it to be because my whole life had been striving Mm. to make it better on my own. Right. And I just had to cool it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I just had to relax. Yeah. I just had to rest. Let let God be God. Yeah. Yeah. You still had to go through it. Oh boy, did I go through it. Mm. Still going through it. (laughs) But I can see the bigger picture now. Yeah. I can't see the whole picture. Mm -hmm. God hasn't showed me that yet. But I can see the bigger picture and I can see that through what I'm going through, through what I've gone through, there's going to be victory for other people in that. Yeah. Mm. It's good. Then that is why 
You got to share your story. Yeah. And mm, it matters. Mm -hmm. That's why God has you where he has you. It's why you're going through what you're going through. Mm -hmm. It does actually remind me of Esther. To bring it back around. There you go. Because the one thing about one, not the one thing, but one thing about the book of Esther is God's never mentioned in the book of Esther. Mm -hmm. And in, in your story and in your circumstance, God isn't like the miracle, the, the big miracle that you were wanting would have been so God in everybody's face. Right. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't have been God behind the scenes. In Esther, in the book of Esther, mm. God works in these situations, but behind the scenes. Wow. He gives hope to those people. So it wasn't like all up in their face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's what I got. Yeah. Uh, there is no such thing as a coincidence, mm -hmm. really, when it comes from God. And I do feel like when you're living in that place of surrender, when you are abiding, things happen mm -hmm. that you could not have planned out. Yeah. Uh, there is peace in decisions. Things seem to line up. Um, you know, because if God's hand is on it, who's, who could be against it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And so those things, they just, they flow in a completely different way. And, and when you're facing all that opposition and confusion and noise, that's why we're saying, but what are, where are you trying to go and where is God trying to lead you? That's why we're saying right. check your motives, mm -hmm. not because you're so selfish and all this stuff. No, but are you are you listening? Are you discerning the voice of God who's trying to pull you in a certain a certain way? Mm -hmm. And surrender, it hurts mm -hmm. because you got to give up that piece of control, right? Uh, and moms know that. Mm -hmm. I certainly did after I had my son and I'm holding him. And to just realize that, like, I have to surrender him mm -hmm. to God. When I'm like, God, I gave birth to this kid. What do you mean I got to surrender him? That's like, mm -mm. he's mine. Yeah, mm -hmm. You're just taking care of him right now. Right. <laughs> With me. Right. For me. Right. right. Yeah. And, uh, but in that surrender, God's going to do so much more <laughs> than we could ever do yeah. on our own. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's good. So good. And guys, that's the good part is, uh, God's not going to lose you. He cares about you deeply. He knows exactly where to find you today. Mm -hmm. And he has given you gifts that only you have for such a time as this. So all of that kind of combined and, and wrapped up, I hope that that helps like encourage you into wanting to be in that place where you are abiding in him, resting in him, thinking of yourself as the as the branch, not the vine, but remaining in the vine. Which again, those all sound like kind of churchy things mm -hmm. until you start doing it. And right. it like, it clicks and it makes sense. Like, oh, this is how I was designed yeah. to work mm -hmm. is in this surrender in obedience because good stuff's going to come from it. Yeah. So cool. It's good. All right, ladies. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another round, another episode of This is the Good Part. Guys, thank you a lot. I think this conversation is... Uh, Sometimes we got to get together. You got to get your girls. You got to talk about it. You have to be honest, right? And bring up some of those hard things because you just never know what God's going to do with it. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for joining us today. We will see you next week. See ya. See ya.